believe we all have something to offer, that we all have the power within us to make a difference in this world. Are you ready to find your voice, speak up, and share it out loud? Or maybe you're holding on to your ideas, or your art, or your writing, when you would rather release your creative spirit and feel that freedom. Join me weekly and be inspired by guests who have the courage to speak up and share their voice. And how has that impacted their lives, and how have they changed the lives of others? Let's learn from their journeys and see new possibilities unfold right in front of us. My name is Kat Correa, and I'm honored to share this time with you. So let's go. Carmelita, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, I've been looking forward to talking to you because I love your concept around raising strong women. Ah. Boy, if you could have had, okay, I'm speaking for myself. If I could have had that solid foundation, that structure, that guidance along the way of what it means to be a strong woman, to know your mind, to, to have your boundaries, to, you know, to use your voice. Um, there'd be so much, so, so much less fixing to do in our twenties and thirties. Right. I mean, agreed. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and yeah. tell me all about like, know them, be them, raise them because yes. Thank you. You know, it, it's, I'm glad that just the overarching concept resonates because I'm with you. I definitely feel like I'm in my forties and there were so many things I didn't learn about, like whether it was kind of psychological concepts, how people were treating me, how I was responding to that, um, you know, navigating relationships, uh, even money. Like there's so many things that I don't think I got smarter about until my late twenties, thirties, even forties. And had I had labels for things or, you know, inklings that maybe there's a reason I'm feeling this way, or maybe there are things that I can do to kind of counteract some of the um, negative things that are happening to happening to me. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. yeah. How different would it have been? You know, we're all where we are, where we're supposed to be. Uh, But I did with two daughters, I did kind of feel like I want to understand them better. I want to stay in front of the things that are they're confronting because their world is totally different from the one I lived in when I was a tween and a teen. So that's kind of one of the prongs, if you will, of my motivation was to, to help other moms and myself just stay informed as to what's out there. Like whether it's the technology that they're dealing with or the uh, like consent and dating looks so different you know, and then when I was in grade school and high school, no one talked about gender identity. It was just, you know, at the time, I think it was less, um, it was still something that people felt they had to kind of keep under wraps and maybe be discreet about, don't ask, don't tell. So that's one avenue is just equipping moms with an understanding of how they can support their daughters and show up for them in a very positive way. But also, like you said, we're all learning and we continue to learn So as women in our thirties, forties, fifties, how, how can we keep growing, um, especially in our roles as mothers, because how we show up impacts what our daughters 
learn and experience and ultimately who they will turn into as well. So whether it's mindfulness, meditation, um, advocating for yourself, knowing how to uh, stand up and in, whether it's in relationships or workplace, things like that, but trying to also approach that second prong of, you know, supporting moms and women as we're on our own personal journeys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there are about a million and one topics that you can talk about in terms of not just raising kids, but raising strong women specifically yeah. that, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I, you could probably have endless guests on your, on, on your podcast, but what do you, so what do you start with when you are talking about know them, be them, raise them? What's the overarching, I guess, mantra for that? Because there are personal aspects and school aspects and relationship aspects, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. money and financial and being self-sustaining and all that. But what's um, like, what do you start with when you're talking sure. about this concept with your, do- with your own daughters and with your moms that you work with? I help mindful and progressive moms be and raise strong women. So there's definitely an angle of people who are growth oriented, who want to learn, who want to change, who are open to some concepts in society that may be challenging, but are definitely things that um, may, you know, our world is seeing. And so we have to understand them and hopefully give our daughters a place to grow and expand and, and be themselves in a full and authentic way. Uh, When it comes Mm -hmm. to kind of how we address, how I've been approaching just like what topics to start with, um, it tends to be a little more piecemeal, like what's on my brain? What are listeners telling me they want to hear? So for instance, I I did an episode about interrupting because my daughter was constantly being interrupted in group settings by a couple of, I think, more outspoken girls in her circle. And I wanted to understand like, what are the dynamics at work and how can she assert herself without, because I know she, you know, she's very um, empathetic. She's, she, she understands how people feel and, I, and I've taught them manners. So I know I've said to them, don't interrupt, don't interrupt. You know, that's rude. So, but when it happens to them, I, I, in, especially in a social setting, different dynamics, of course, but I wanted them to feel comfortable and to understand it's okay to interrupt back. Like, I don't want them to always lose their voice and, and have, and be silenced because they happen mm-hmm. to be around people that are interrupters. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was something I learned and had to feel out for myself investigate and then write up, you know, an episode. Cause it was just staring me in the face. Um, so that's I think one that example. Happens. Oh, I'm sorry. And I just did it to you, but I think that is <laughs> like for women, especially, and I can speak from experience in the workforce that the female voice doesn't always get the respect it deserves. It's not 100%. always heard as much in meetings. I've been talked over and interrupted in meetings and I've had to learn to say, hang on and I'll finish making my point, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. hang on, not, not, not just don't do that, but one moment, please. Yes. And, you know, and, and this podcast, your words, your voice or your words, your power. I don't even know my own name, but <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such an important topic yeah. because if you can't speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself and say what you want or set a boundary and learn to say no and stop being a people pleaser then you're just going to be always the giver. People will always Mm. take, people will always take. And boy, that's so important. 
to actually yeah. just learn to, to speak up first. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. The relationship with boundaries, it's, it's, it all intertwines. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to kind of establish that boundary to stop someone from, you know, stepping into the moment that you are speaking your, your thoughts and, and holding space for yourself. Um, if you, if they overstep constantly and you aren't aware or don't enforce that, that boundary, it, it kind of tends to bleed into other areas too. It reflects on your self-worth and how you might feel about yourself. So yeah, it's, you're so right. Being able to advocate for yourself and, and give life to your voice. Love mm-hmm. what you're doing. I love too, that women can do this for other women or girls can do this for other girls in, in their own groups at school or their peer settings and whether it's in a sports practice or band or a social setting that if they see it happening, they can also speak up and say, Hey, Sarah had, she hadn't finished what she was saying, or mm-hmm. hey, Sarah was making a good point. Did everybody hear mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we did, we did Missy's idea last time. Let's go with what, you know, Sarah suggested or something like that. But it's definitely a learned behavior because you first have to recognize it and then mm-hmm. like take action on it. Yeah. Um, so true. So true. I love to touch that. on, go ahead. I'm grateful that you also understand that space, you know, and, and that's so much of what you're working on because yeah, especially for women and girls, it is something that has to be learned. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we are working towards that same goal. Yeah. It took me a long time personally, because, you know, through high school and college and grad school, I was a waitress and bartender. Um, I only ever took orders and made small talk. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was literally there to do whatever they asked me to do, whatever they told me to do. Um, and then you go into a work setting and you're the new person and you have no authority or power and you're there just to learn and absorb and to, you know, sit and be quiet and take it all in. Right. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to figure mm-hmm. out that, um, you know, I have something to say, I'm 51, darn it. And I'm running out of time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's time for me to like step out, speak up and, declare here's who I am and what I like and what I want to do and what I want to mm. share. And here's what I'm creating. And boy, it takes a long time to learn that. And what if it didn't have to, you know, if you could yeah. get there in your twenties, right. You would just be off and running. So, yeah. um, what do you, do you ever bring your own girls onto your podcast or like use them as examples and stories? <laughs> Definitely the, the latter. I, I, cause it, you know, I think everyone has personal inspirations that motivate them to investigate or learn more. So I often relate stories in the podcast to whatever the speaker, or if I'm reading an article, whatever that Mm -hmm. pertains to, Mm -hmm. but I have yet to have the two of them actually on and hear their voices. I would like to plan that down the road. It's still relatively new. I just launched in September, uh, end of September. So I, so far have not felt out and, and arrived at where, where it makes sense for them. And they're kind of curious, but they haven't asked, they haven't, you know, expressed too much interest about like actually being part of it. So yeah. we'll see how that unfolds, but I'm not averse yeah. to having them make guest appearances. <laughs> yeah. They have to know they were the inspiration, which I think would be pretty cool for them. Mm. Um, Carmelita, let's talk about what you said earlier about having the growth oriented mindset, Mm. because I think that's 
for some people might be a hard transition to make because especially, and I'm not a mom. Okay. I'm going to the full disclaimer. I have four babies, but <laughs> I see the pattern in families where, well, this is how I was raised, or this is mm. how my mom taught me. And so often the messaging and lessons you get even very young in life, you end up carrying with you as like ancestral baggage. And yes. And it's yes. very hard to unlearn that maybe and switch yeah. to a growth mindset. So how do you, how do you focus on growth mindset? Yeah, it's, that's such a, a good example that you bring up is I think everyone just by default, whether we acknowledge it or not, or know that we're doing it is we, we default to whatever systems and lessons and, you know, programming that our parents put in us as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the perspective of kind of overcoming those patterns, I, I think the first thing that was important for me was really just acknowledging and understanding like what came to me that they kind of instilled in me and do I want to care, keep carrying that with me? And a lot of that realization didn't come, you know, till my late thirties when I had kids and I found myself reacting to situations in the way that my mom reacted to a situation or my dad. And then thinking, you know, kind of catching myself like, wait, is this really, I didn't like it when I was a kid, when they did this and, and understanding how that made me into a person that maybe doesn't always share information with them because I'm afraid of how they'll react. You know, is that the relationship I want my daughters to have with me? So, so have uh, sitting still with it and asking the question, I think is the first step in breaking familial patterns. Like, how am I showing up? And so the noticing, and then the question of, do I want that? Because yeah, I I think in, in our busy lives, it's so easy to just keep going with what we know. And certainly for me, it was uncomfortable to kind of unearth things and then realize, oh yeah, that's, that's totally how so-and-so acted or treated me when I was growing up. And I don't, I don't want that because part of the discomfort, I think that comes with growth mindset or or changing change uh, is Mm -hmm. that you're left with uncertainty. At least you have the the devil, you know, when it comes to (laughs) how you, um, you know, our default systems. But yeah, I, I, that's, that's kind of, I think another reason I'm, I find myself wanting to dig deeper in all these issues with myself and the girls is because I, I'm in many places of uncertainty and I have to figure out how do I, okay, now that I know I don't want what my parents instilled in me or what my teacher or this coach, what do I pick and how do I do it from this point on? Um, so yeah, I, I think going back to your question, just having a moment of stillness to recognize how am I reacting or how am I behaving or how am I living in these situations, then asking that question about, and is this how I want to show up? Like, um, that for me has, has, you know, I journal a lot. And I do, you know, gratitude lists as well as goal setting, you know, things like that. And I think um, that that the, that self reflection has really helped. Right. I don't think you can get tapped into your personal inner wisdom 
without taking that quiet time, like you said, yes. and without yeah. um, asking a question and journaling about it, or at least just sitting quietly with the thought and, and letting it work itself out in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, like for teenage girls, the need for external validation is so powerful mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. you can almost, you know, I did, I've, I forgot about me. I was just trying to be accepted and please everybody else. And didn't really take the time for a lot of introspection and um, thoughtfulness about Mm. what was going on or what I preferred or, you know, and teenage years are so hard anyway. I mean, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. go back to high school for a million dollars. I just wouldn't. (laughs) Band was fun. Band was super fun. And that was my family. But like outside of that, forget it. So when you're working, um, when you're at least just like every day talking with your daughters, how are you instilling that mindfulness in them? Are they picking up on that? Are they, Mm. are they implementing those practices that they see you doing the Mm. the journaling, the thought process? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and it's something that I I have to admit, I struggle with and he, and I'll explain it. So I'm still maybe recovering. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think in my head, I want them to, it would be great if they journaled every day, like I do. And if they meditated like I do, or I try to do, I have to admit it's yeah. not every day, but with right. some frequency. Uh, Cause I know how good it is for them. Same thing with exercise or healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think as, as moms or maybe just society, there's this pressure to, to have your kids, you know, excel and, and show up in a really uh, exceptional way. Um, so I've had to let that go. I've had to realize that <laughs> and, and make peace with the, the reality maybe that if, as long as I'm continuing to show up, and I'm, I'm encouraging them, them seeing me do these things is enough. You know, I am walking the talk that I say, the things that I tell them I'm doing it. So they're seeing it and they, they know that it's part of my life. Uh, so someday when maybe they'll have families of their own, that's what'll be normal for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right now though, like I, I still, I still have this little, like, maybe they'll ask to join me as I'm sitting in stillness and like, you know, <laughs> or I invite them and they're like, no, I just want to keep sleeping or, you know, I'm, I'm too yeah. busy doing something else. So I, yeah, I have to kind of distance how, the, how they're showing up right now and the, and what I'm doing and keep that separate from what success looks like. Like mm-hmm. it used to be, what are they doing in the moment? And you know, can I get them to do exactly what I want them to do? And I think I've, I'm shifting into more of the, how am I, am I showing up the way I want to? Am I encouraging them to kind of live in a similar way or healthy habits? And then mm-hmm. just kind of hoping that that will be what leads them in the, on the right path. You know, I, I, my, when I was growing up, I was very much uh, someone that was kind of told what to do. Uh, like a, I grew up in an Asian family. I have a Chinese dad, a, a Filipino mom and, and, you know, very traditional roles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure 
I think like many families where I, their parents came over from Asia in the sixties or seventies, uh, there's, there was a lot of pressure to kind of excel and assimilate. So I, I'm kind of wired that way. Like right. you will get all A's you'll get into the best schools. You'll be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, uh, you know, that's, that's the refrain in my head. Cause that's what I was uh, built to, to a value, but yeah. I don't want that for my girls. And so it's been, it's been a relearning and just kind of a awakening to understand how, all right, so that's, how do I show up in a way that encourages something different and mm -hmm. what I want for them? So yeah, it's, it's, um, it, yeah, it, I guess it's a continual, continual process and, and some of the six, you know, whether or not they'll, it sticks, we'll find out, but for now I'm sitting with being, uh, the best person I can be and making sure that they know kind of my thought processes as I'm going through different things and hoping that mm -hmm. that resonates when they are in similar situations down the road. Yeah, I, I think it will certainly. Um, but I also know that you actually did, you know, rise to meet your parents' expectations because you became an attorney mm. and, you know, that's an extremely high achievement, you know, um, and I'm sure you have high expectations for your girls, although you're probably not as dictatorial in your expectations. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's cool that you're letting them kind of find their own way, but that you're also showing them good examples in your behavior and your self-care and the way you're showing up and with yourself every day, you know, being with mm. them. Yeah. Um, I would love to touch on um, something you told me, which I just find fascinating. Are you still on your U.S. road trip for this school year? I mean, and if yes. so, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you asked that because I know you, you know, kind of going back to your last comment about rising to certain expectations of my parents, mm -hmm. this, this journey was not on their radar. This is not something that their minds know how to understand or, or how to react to. So it's just, you know, it's unusual to begin with, but especially for, uh, I think parents of a certain generation who work mm -hmm. the same job until they retire, um, with immigrant parents, there's kind of, I think a mentality of we're so, uh, we, we come here for better lives and, and working hard is part of that. So what are you doing if you're not working 60 hours a week and you know, providing for financial kind of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but having some degree of financial success and stability and being able to, from a monetary standpoint, provide, provide for yourself and generations after you. So, um, so yeah, I, we are still on our journey. I'm, we're currently in LA, so I'm in a little tiny rental cottage uh, that my, my daughters are sleeping in the bedroom behind me. But it's been, it's been an incredible learning experience. Mm -hmm. We've been on the road since September, early September. So I think we're at day 75 or so. Okay. We, what really prompted this was my husband had cancer, uh, a real tough bout right before the pandemic hit. He had a big surgery. And then of course the girls were homeschooling. So it, I think all of all four of us had a really intense understanding of the frailty of the, the gift of the present mm -hmm. between his health and feeling like we can't, 
we can't necessarily bet that someday will come. You know, the he's he is a little bit older than me as well. So I think that plays into our calculus. But knowing that everyone has these goals, our society uh, raises us to think like you work, you have you you kind of pivot and jump to different career paths. Ultimately, you'll get to a place where you have enough financial stability or you feel comfortable kind of taking a step back from working, uh, you know, a nine to five, and then you enjoy the, the rest of your days traveling, yeah. playing pickleball, visiting the grandkids with his health diagnosis. And then we, we did have some, we lost some family members during uh, to COVID. Mm-hmm. I think we just became very aware of that's that's not something we can bet against or, or put our money on. We, mm-hmm. we need to really think through and be deliberate. What are, what would we like to accomplish for ourselves and is now the right time to do it? Should we push forward some things because yeah, the, the kind of cost benefit risk analysis, pushing it down the road may diminish our ability to actually get that and accomplish mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So yeah, well, we had a long pandemic year and a half to kind of figure it out. Uh, thankfully, you know, with, with my previous role, I did leave my job and about five months ago, yeah, I'm not a big spender. So we had enough kind of back from that. And, and my husband mm-hmm. too lives, you know, we, we live within our means. So mm-hmm. it enabled us to kind of prioritize making memories together as a family. And he's working on a book. And I'm giving myself the space to really think about what's, what's next, what, what maybe I'll return to the law. Uh, mm-hmm. If I do though, I'll at least have explored other options and poured myself into passion projects so that I have something to kind of balance out the stress and the demands of, of a, a legal position in my, you know, in my previous iteration. Yeah. You know, I, I came into this conversation thinking, okay, we, they were sick of being home for the pandemic and who can blame them? They decided to hop in a trailer as a family and go see America and be outside and enjoy the outdoors. But no, it was really about taking time to be a family together. And even though you probably spent the last year and a half together, <laughs> wherever you live, you know, in the pandemic, there is nothing like travel to really open up your eyes Mm. and it's it's not just the change in in location it's not just the physical change for you but when you meet new people when you see new places and new environments and new um just i had you know the scenery of america i mean i it's one of my Mm. dreams is to travel america and see the mountains and both oceans and the plains and Mm. it's incredible and but for you guys, it's so much more than that. It's it's the family trip now because nobody knows what happens next month or next year. And tomorrow is promised to nobody, but we do kind of assume it will be there mm-hmm. until we're faced with situations that make us realize it's, you know, someday may never come if we don't take our chance now. You know, the older you get, the more you realize you really are kind of running out of time a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And yeah, it's, I think it's a big, brave step that you guys took. Oh yeah. Thank you. It, um, it, I had heard over the course of the pandemic, something 
people, people talking about retirement years, right? So in a, you know, my, my husband, he's 15 years older than I am. And in, in this, I think it was a YouTube video. They were talking about assuming that people get do retire at a traditional retirement age of, you know, 60, 65, late sixties, you know, you'll hit your, your go-go years where you're healthy enough to actually do all the things you want to do. But then you yeah. hit the slow go years where maybe your health or grandkids or, uh, you know, whatever it might be is just keeping mm-hmm. you from wanting to go somewhere or maybe do as much. And then the no go years where physically you can't. And, and, it, right. and we've both witnessed our parents along that spectrum. My parents are both in their late seventies. And I remember in their sixties, they wanted to take us on family trips. And my dad now, no, like my mom will sometimes come with or, or initiate, but the, the frequency of them traveling with, um, you know, to visit us has really diminished, you know? So mm-hmm. it's been really interesting to kind of witness that. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, we wanted to learn from that, that we, like you were saying, we can't, we can't assume that the time will come. And even if it does come, will the health be there where we can maximize and really fulfill those dreams that we have? Right. Mm-hmm. I see my parents doing the same thing. They, downsized to a tiny house from a 2,300 square foot house. Hmm. And now they're living in 399 square feet. And the entire point of that was so that they could travel more and not, not be burdened with caring Mm -hmm. for a home. And it opened up all this freedom for them. And now they're just having a ball. They're they have an active social life. Like every night their porch is the party porch. Wow. That's great. They're just having a ball. And, you know, what a great lesson for me because they've always been the ones to just plan a vacation and take it and Mm. plan a six week trip and take it. And they're always planning something. Mm. And, and I'm not a good planner that way. I will just say, Oh, what should we do next weekend? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't make any plans. Well, you know what, if you don't make any plans, you don't do anything. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly. So I just love that you guys made this plan and took action. And so you're in LA now. So do you Mm -hmm. have, where's your next stop? And are you stopping in to see your parents? And sure. Yeah. What are you most excited to go do? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we, We'll be spending Phoenix in Thanksgiving, or excuse me, we'll be spending Thanksgiving in Phoenix. So from LA, we'll, we'll spend a few days in San Diego next week and then head over to Phoenix. Uh, We have family there. And then uh, the Grand Canyon shortly after Thanksgiving for a few days. And then we do plan to spend a month with my parents right outside of Las Vegas. They retired there in, I think, 2001. So they've been there Mm -hmm. well over 20 years. Uh, the funny thing, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I currently we're based in Chicago. So it's been a nice place to visit at Christmas time because it's always a little bit warmer. It's always a heck of a lot sunnier. So we'll be, we'll, we'll head our head over there and spend about a month there okay. through the holidays. And, um, right after the new year, we'll kind of, uh, roll out, but yeah, we're, uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. My, my daughters really love their grandparents. So mm-hmm. giving them more than just a week at a time to, to get to know them. And I, I think, you know, that's one of the things that made this journey a little more easy for my parents to swallow was the, 
the notion that we were committed to spending more time with them than we normally can when we have day jobs. We Mm -hmm. normally like last, I can remember last Christmas, I flew there, but then worked remotely maybe four or five days in the week that we were there. And just feeling like that's not something that we have to struggle to, to kind of accommodate for. I won't be distracted. The girls won't be tiptoeing around me, that sort of thing. Uh, and I, you know, my, my parents are aware that their time is limited as, as you kind of mentioned earlier. So my mom's looking forward to just having those, those conversations that sometimes you don't have time to have them, or it doesn't feel, it feels forced if you're having them, you know, on a schedule, it just doesn't always work. So I know she's looking forward to kind of sitting with, with the girls and sharing who she was, um, stories about her evolution and understanding them a little better too. Mm-hmm. You know? Those kinds of conversations always come up when you least expect them to. Like my grandmother loved to play cards. It was her favorite thing in the world. Mm. And grandpa would love to sit down and he would, he would have to have some little snacks like peanuts and a glass of beer, but they love to play cards. And once you get into a card game and you just start having very casual, like grandpa, when, like, where did you learn to play cards or what was your favorite card game? And the yes. conversations just happen. And that's yes. where all the good stuff is. Cause that's where totally. you get the family stories, the family stories yes. that you then like tell for days and years. (laughs) Right. Right. It's so true. I can, we, we do a lot of baking every Christmas with my mom Mm -hmm. and my sister and now my girls. And yeah, in the process of kind of doing something else, a lot of times it, it, it unlocks these stories that you're right. End up being the, the things that you keep with you and, or they might be the spark for some larger conversation that never would have appeared somehow. If you were trying to sit down and say, what should we talk about? You know? Yeah. 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 You know, it goes back to that time, whether you are taking time for yourself to journal and be reflective, or if you're taking time to plan this very deliberate trip that is very unconventional for your parents, but boy, look at what they get in return. They get a month Mm. with you guys. Mm, or it's mm-hmm. taking time just to spend time with family with no agenda. It's, yeah. It really is a gift. It's either a gift of time to yourself or to others. Yeah. No, that's love, so, yeah, yeah, that's a, mm, that's a, I just I got the like the, all that. the feels about that. I just, <laughs> this is so good. Um, mm. yeah, you know, they, I think it's such a brave move to leave your job, set new priorities, make this big trip. And that takes um, some gumption because it's it's very mm. unconventional, non-traditional. It, it kind of upsets the whole family household and the daily routine. But now look at you and mm. gosh, Carmelita, I, you are clearly setting the example to your girls about mm. what it means to know yourself and make a decision and decide how you want to live your life. I mean, you're just, mm. you're living that for them. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh, you're making me tear up. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just in awe of it. I think it's amazing. I really do. Oh, thank you. You know, what's funny is on a, on a day-to-day basis, it's like, I, I think I had inclinations or sort of hints that that's what I was living out for them. Like, what are the things I want them to learn from this journey before we embarked? I thought this will show them how to be adaptable. Um, in addition to all the places we're going to see, 
um, they'll, they'll know that, you know, people are kind wherever we go. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I kind of thought out, what am I, goals for this trip or what am I hoping we'll all get out of it and what will they get out of it? And so like you were saying, I think showing up as someone that can make bold moves even later in life, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, I was at my previous job nine years and as much like I do love the people I worked with and it's still a, I, I hold the company in very high regard. I was in a place where I needed something different, especially given the the family considerations. Like I couldn't I couldn't, and and I couldn't continue working with them full time and still be present the way I wanted Mm -hmm. to be during Mm -hmm. this journey. So, you know, in a very, I guess, maybe kind of intellectual way, I was hoping that, that they would learn that lesson. Like it's okay to pivot and you can make big changes. Uh, But then of course, in my day-to-day, I forget that because we're dealing with like, I don't want to eat that. Or do I really have to do homeschool or, you know, the car is making noises. So there's all of these other things that kind of diminish that those lights of uh, motivation and inspiration. (laughs) So I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that you, you said that because it does, um, you know, it does bring me back and ground me in, in the why of all of this that can sometimes be, you know, obscured in the, in the day-to-day stresses. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of forget the long-term goal when you're dealing with a crisis in the moment of whatever a teenage girl deems to be a crisis in the moment. Right. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is glitchy. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it really? can be anything. Like you're playing Roblox. Like it's, you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, have you thought about what's next for you? Um, not just on the like next year and on your road trip still, but mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself going after you guys finally arrive back home and you get everything unloaded and you got the laundry going and like you're back home and sitting down going, wow. Yeah. What are you going to do then? Ah, it's a good question. Cause you know how you mentioned earlier about planning uh, Mm -hmm. and some people are, and some people aren't, I am a planner by nature. So this trip has been kind of fun because I get to, you know, explore, I rate all the different options and then we move forward. But you're re- like, yeah, the year from now picture, um, it's, it's a little more ambiguous and I'm trying to, I'm trying not to over plan because I do think that's something that for me is, is a learned thing that when I make plans in the past, a lot of times I would default to um, kind of the things that make the most logical sense, but it, but may leave push out opportunity for the things that kind of are serendipitous or maybe aren't into, aren't, uh, aren't logically sensible, but maybe are intuitively um, make, you know, right. So Mm -hmm. for, as an example, uh, when I decided to go to law school, it, it made a lot of sense. Like I, I actually went to art school for undergrad. And then as I was kind of figuring out, do I want to take on art as a full-time thing? I fell into an admin role at a company where I then got promoted over the course of like five years. I went from administrative assistant to uh, an assistant vice president, but it was in a corporate role in the insurance world. Mm. And I, I knew that wasn't the right fit. Like, even though I was good at it, it wasn't what I, my soul you know, lit up with. 
So then I decided to go to law school because in my head and the way I sort of sussed it out was I, I enjoy working with words and I like helping people. I like being of service, which is something that in the world, or at least in the art world, when I was in it uh, more, more deliberately and more full-time, it felt very insular to me where I was, everything I did was things that I made, but didn't necessarily always have an audience or the impact where I felt like I was making the world a better place or I was helping people. That was just a learning. Like it's important to me to feel like I'm helping, you know, accomplish something that helps others. Mm -hmm. So when I went to law school, I thought, oh, this works because I can do um, entertainment and intellectual property law where I get to work with creative people and help artists, help musicians, designers, but use that side of my brain that uh, enjoys kind of, you know, numbers, words, and, and the end result will be, I, I will have helped accomplish something that the world needs or that these people need. Um, so it, it was very methodical and, and it made a ton of sense at the time. And I had a, I've had a great career and I might continue on that path, but I I'm open to possibly kind of reframing it. And I, ha that's where I'm not entirely sure how that will look. And I'm, I'm hoping to kind of just stay open and have faith that the answers will reveal themselves in some way, mm -hmm. because I, as much as I enjoyed, um, kind of being that uh, I was, a, I worked at an ad agency and prior to that, I worked in, in television production. So I was on the Oprah Winfrey show and then worked for the Oprah Winfrey network. And then went to work for the, an independent ad agency in Chicago. So it, really exciting, wonderful environments for lawyers. Like you don't yes. find <laughs> any legal jobs that get to do that. Um, and yet there's still something in me that's like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm more than this. I think mm -hmm. that, or I, or I can pivot or, you know, reshape my skill set in a way that, that um, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I, I need to stay open to that because that mm -hmm. little voice has, has been there. So that's why I'm leaning into the podcast now and hoping that, you know, audience continues to grow. And then from there, I'm open to potentially, you know, maybe, maybe pursuing a coaching platform and helping other moms like me, especially, you know, being someone that's first generation and uh, mm -hmm. coming from with a, coming from a background that's laden with a lot of expectations and, mm -hmm. and, con you know, conflicting I think desires because certainly for me, and I think a lot of immigrant families, maybe especially Asian families, there's, there's a lot of pressure to do right by your family, like to, to show up because you're, you're um, the family name. You don't want to bring shame on it. And you want to make sure that, you know, you're living your life in a way that makes your entire family proud. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there for me and figure out, is that something that I'm interested in pursuing? And I've also mm -hmm. thought about, um, and I'm, I'm leaning towards launching in probably early next year, but a membership for moms like me, that's kind of where the podcast resonates, where we are dealing with these issues of, you know, daughters who are on a, are, are gender questioning or, um, maybe learning disabilities, or, you know, how do you, how do you tell them that their outfit is, or maybe inappropriate or is it only inappropriate because we were told it was inappropriate? Like maybe it's mm -hmm. not inappropriate now. So kind of 
uh, holding space for moms to talk about these issues and with a sympathetic audience that also may have nuggets of wisdom to share that, that will help us support each other. Cause that's mm-hmm. something I noticed. I am blessed to have a lot of mom friends where we all have different kids, different ages, different backgrounds. And even though we're, we see ourselves as just like working moms, there will be just. knowledge. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, there are, yeah, I shouldn't even say just, but it's funny how no. it, it, uh, when everyone else, when you're all living in that space there, the, the remarkability doesn't stand out. There's certainly a lot of accomplishment there for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we sort of just hit our marks day to day, like show up here, get the kids to school. You know? Um, but I will often get a, one little thing of wisdom from them that they don't even know is, you know, giving me this aha moment because mm-hmm. they're not an expert. They're not, you know, they don't have a degree necessarily, or um, maybe their kids are still in the thick of it now, but they share a book or they relate something that resonated with them. And then it, it's like blows my mind. So I, I'm a big believer in kind of the, the wisdom of the hive, especially when it comes to women and how we relate to each other and how we raise our girls. It's, it's been something that repeatedly has revealed itself to me over the last several, several years. And I, I think there's something there. I want to acknowledge that and hopefully encourage other moms to, to feel uh, equally supported as much as I have when I've had that opportunity in those spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a very long winded yeah. answer. <laughs> Sorry. I, but there's a lot there because I cannot imagine what it takes to raise a kid quote these days yeah. <laughs> because the world is so much more expansive than it used to be. It used to be just the kids in your neighborhood and the school that you would walk to or ride your bicycle to. And children's worlds are so much bigger now because of technology yes. and um, which also makes it so much more um, threatening, mm. I guess. Mm. And, and also there's so much more freedom today for kids to explore and express themselves than there used to be. And Mm. so it's, it seems to be a whole new dynamic in the 21st century. Yeah. And you're so right about the wisdom of the hive, you know, it takes a village, so Mm -hmm. to speak, Mm -hmm. because nobody has all the answers, but if you can all come together and share personal wisdom and insight as you learn along the way. Mm -hmm. Well, how could that not be for the benefit of everybody and the kids? Because it's not just your community. It's, it's the kids community too, because they see who you're interacting with and maybe you're meeting up with people in your area or you're doing games online or something. And it's, it's a, it's a, mother-daughter community. It's not just for the moms at this point. Mm, 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 so I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I love how you're just like being open to the possibilities because you're right. I think when you are open, then the answers will come to you and the ideas mm. and the inspiration. And then you have your choice of what you want to pursue. Yeah. Because you don't have it's an funny. expectation, you know? Right. Right. It, and it's a little hard. I, I mean, did you struggle with that when, when you started your, the work that you are currently doing with the affirmation cards and, and the community building and your podcast, like, did you also feel like you 
had to work to stay open and not want to be certain, like, or, or not um, seek out certainty. I think when, I think in the middle of 2020, when it all started for me, you know, I was, I was in this depressive state. I was anxious mm. over the news. We were, um, it was the summer. It was the height of, you know, quarantining and isolation. And well, nobody was used to it back then. I'm mm. very good at staying home now, but, <laughs> but last year, nobody was used to it. We're all captivated by the news and watching the, the horrible news and the numbers of deaths climb. And it was, it was a very anxious time. I had no self-care. I was mm. eating all the wrong foods. I was having wine every day because why the hell not? Right. And um, that whole cycle of just feeling awful, you know, eating wrong foods, not sleeping well, looking mm -hmm. awful because you're not sleeping well and eating all the wrong mm -hmm, foods. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then I just, I started writing for myself and I was writing these haiku um, poetry. And then I, I started writing affirmations in the haiku style because I love that little mm. 17 syllable nugget of a poem. Yeah. And, and the community was easy to create because everybody was online already, mm. but even more so, even more so those days. And so it was easy to create this, this community around people who enjoyed haiku and, um, but it did evolve because, because I evolved and then mm -hmm by the time I had so many affirmations written, I was really thinking like, what can I do with these? I've got like 50 of these. And I, and it just came to me, you know, the ideas came to me. I was open to what was next. And mm. then I thought, you know, I could create an affirmation deck. Mm. And I mean, look, they're sitting here on my desk right now. You know, yeah. I use them every day. Um, I, I have seen the power of speaking kindly to yourself framing your mindset and thought for the day with something positive, um, you know, sitting with your thoughts and journaling about them and giving yourself that time to tap into your personal wisdom. Mm. It just makes me for um, just, I've created this more calm and, and optimistic environment for myself. Mm. So I, I'm no longer so driven by what's going on outside. I can, I cannot be so affected by it these days. You know, I'm, I'm in more in control of my thoughts and my feelings and how I'm reacting to things. And now I'm even really good at um, saying what I want, saying what mm. I don't want, you know, mm. saying, saying no to things when I in the past would go, of course, sure. Yeah. So it's definitely a learning and growing process for me too. Yeah. <sighs> and, and then starting the podcast has just been incredible because I've met people from around the world. Mm -hmm. Like I met an author uh, from Bogota, Colombia, mm. and it's just incredible that, um, yes, the world is huge and expansive, but it's, there's like billions of great people out there that yes. we have yet to talk to and to meet. It's, yes, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And I, just from this conversation, I'm sure that your other episodes, your other interviews are equally as compelling and, and easy. It's, it's been, you know, I've, I've just really enjoyed speaking with you and to your point about um, meeting people. And, and yeah. I, I, I love that. I've always been someone that for some reason had this phrase in my head about 
everyone's life is worthy of an autobiography. And even if it seems, I, I, yeah, I, I think the, the challenge is finding those stories and relating mm -hmm. to them in a way that where they feel comfortable opening up to you and sharing it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of a wonderful way to approach the world and certainly your plat the podcasting platform and how you're approaching it feels like it's, you know, perfectly aligned with that. Yeah. I, I didn't know it would be so much fun. I didn't mm. know it would be so enlightening. Uh -huh. So I wish you all the best with yours too. Thank um, you. So tell us where people can follow you, Carmelita, and what platforms you're on or your website. Sure. So uh, my podcast is called Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, Alexa. You could, I, I will often, you know, if I'm testing to see how it sounds, I'll occasionally say, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them. So it's, it's kind of fun to have if you have a home device to sort of order someone to feed you content. So um, it's, I'm easy to find that way. You can also follow me at Know, Be, Raise Them on Instagram. In addition to updates about podcast guests, it's really designed or the, the content that I'm curating is kind of inspirational quotes from other wise women. That's sort of the know them part is reminding ourselves that there are so many wise women out there, famous or not, but mm -hmm. that whose words are important and can resonate with us. So quotes from women, um, also reminders or tips, just kind of those, those helpful things, nuggets of information that can keep you motivated or give you a mood boost during the week. Um, yeah, so that's, that's on Instagram. And then my website is noberaisethem.com. So it, there's plans for more content there, but right now it's more of a landing page and an easy way to find the podcast. Right. Well, you've got so many other things going on with your travel and planning the next stop and how long you're going to stay. So I, I'm so glad I got to talk to you. It's been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you spending time with me. It's been such a pleasure, Kat. I wish you all the best as well. And you know, my nickname is Cat with a C. So it's like, we're, we're two that's, cats chatting, a two perfect. cat chat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving in Phoenix and wish you safe travels when you visit your family. Thanks, Kat. You too. Have a wonderful holiday season. joining another amazing episode of Your Words, Your Power. I hope you were motivated and inspired to take action for yourself. Can you think of one person who would enjoy this episode? I'd be so grateful if you shared it with them and then left a review for the show. You can also join our free Facebook community called Your Inspired Words for daily inspiration, positive mindset, writing prompts, affirmations, and it's also where I post new information about the podcast. Until next time, remember, your words, your power.